Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to On The Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone. I'm definitely not faking being happy right now, not being a grumpy little baby behind the scenes. Hi, Chris. Hi, Zach. How you guys doing? Hi, Greg. I'm awesome. Oh, hi. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Not a good start. Not a good home. We're going to get Chris grumpy now. I, too, am trying to be very happy and not grumpy right now. Zach, how are you doing? Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm not letting you guys turn my frown upside down oh wait other way not, around not not correct at all excellent start gentlemen do you guys want to talk about football yeah quickly all right let's get into it here first off a happy thanksgiving to you gentlemen ahead of time here to people listening to this on thanksgiving or thanksgiving eve happy thanksgiving to you eat food be happy spend time with family uh, be mildly perturbed with family but then just push past it because these moments are fleeting in life FSU is gearing up to play Florida at the Swamp uh, this Saturday, so it's going to be going to be a fun environment, gentlemen. It's going to be a primetime game. I know UF is struggling. We want to get into a little bit of game preview stuff. We'll have X's and no, excuse me, we'll have Null Thy Enemy. Too many Null puns for me to keep in mind. We'll have Null Thy Enemy on Friday morning with Trey and Dane uh, to give you a more thorough look at what UF is doing. Also, the X and Nulls guys did a really good job scouting some of UF's. Uh, tendencies so we'll talk a little bit of uf here and preview the game but like let's talk about florida state and where this program is at right now last time we spoke to you we were obviously uh, commemorating the jordan travis uh injury or sorry we're talking about jordan travis injury commemorating his career uh and all the wonderful things he's done at florida state he was at practice today that was awesome to see uh everyone who saw him big smile on their face really cool to see him out there that soon but chris let's talk tate rotomaker let's talk about this offense what it's going to look like under him how are we feeling with what Tate did this week? You've obviously been at both practices, and what's your confidence level like with Tate going into this rivalry game? Um, I mean, Tate's been fine. It truthfully hasn't felt all that different with Tate at quarterback in the sense of how he goes about his day and practices. The only difference is the elevation of what team he's working with. Um, had a bad start to yesterday as far as like one of the first passes he attempted, getting it picked off. Mike Norvell referenced that today after practice on Wednesday. He responded pretty well to that and had an overall good day. Tate looks like Tate, um, big arm, fully capable of pushing it down the field. The really strong parts of his game are things that I think FSU will need to lean into. I think the most pleasing thing to me, definitely at Wednesday's practice and overall over the two days, really clean sheets for the wide receivers and tight ends, mm -hmm. a lot of good catches, 
Uh, Keon Coleman had a really acrobatic catch on Tuesday. I think Mike Norvell, Norvell called it stupid, to be exact. And then can you, today, can you uh, emulate the Dustin Hill screech that went along with celebrating? You no, know, it's what I imagine a hyena <laughs> sounds like while getting skinned. But you know, that's just it, what I'm going with. Chris, it'd be like your Becky scream, but like if you continued it like on and off for about 30 seconds while running. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to people in their cars driving for Thanksgiving and bad traffic. That's a great way to get, you know, sued for something we don't need to get sued for. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas had a really nice day both days. Truthfully, Ja'Kai Douglas has had two really good weeks in a row. He's just had good practice upon good practice. I think Tron looks as healthy as Tron has looked at any point this year. Mm-hmm. Disappointing that finally comes at the end for him. But what I'm getting at is I, I think – we're going to make so much of Tate, and yes, Tate's going to matter significantly. It's going to be a central focus of Saturday's game, at least by kickoff, if not throughout the game. But to me, it's the supporting cast. Like they look like they understand the task at hand. They look healthy. They look good. You know, Mike Norvell talked on Saturday about not needing drops, needing guys to support his quarterback. Well, it felt like that in practices. Buyer Sonone for you two, sponsored by the, the Turner Group. Is the team have they taken a noticeable step up in intensity coming off of what occurred over this past weekend with Jordan? Uh, see, I'm gonna. I feel like it's a little cliche to get into that idea, but it's, I know it's been it is, a really but, good week. Like they have been good. They've been focused. But does it does it look they follow the lead of their head coach first and foremost? So, Chris, I'm coming at it from a different standpoint. I'm not saying it's because of the Jordan injury. I'm saying is. They are the question was whether, like, following that up, are they focused and do they have his energy? And the, it's because I think Florida is on the docket, yeah. Um, and I think there is extra. Uh, if, if there's one thing with the element of like Jordan not being able to play, uh, that maybe that maybe pushes things forward a little bit is you have to be extra dialed in and focused, especially like the skill guys you alluded to. Like, I, I think there's an element of that, but I don't think this is necessarily like I know they're talking about finish for, for 13, and like, yeah, I think they. They want to play really well for Jordan. They want to play really well for like themselves and like this entire team, like collectively and all the work they put in. So like, yeah, I think it's right. a matter of focus because you know UF is coming up more than anything else, and you're ready for for that environment. I was having a talk with a specialist on Tuesday on his way into practice, and I, you know, just exchanging hellos and how are things going. Somebody I talked to once. Lincoln Riley would be would be uh, firing you or kicking you off the beat right now. And uh, he just dropped. I, I was like, "You feeling good?" He's like, "Yeah, I feel good." And this was before Tuesday's practice. He said Sunday was really good. Mm-hmm. He said they came in, they kind of digested what had happened, they got to work, and they had a really good day. And he just matter of factly said to me, "He's like, I think we're going to play really well." I like, I think internally they feel feel very good about where they're at, how they're going about things, what they're doing. Now, obviously, they got to go and put it on display and execute and do everything they got to do in a football game to be successful. But, like, I don't think they're wallowing in some kind of depression or disparity or pain. I I think there's a belief of while Jordan Travis was the central focus of the football team and immensely important to the success they've had and where they're at, he's not the sole reason they got here. And I think that's understood by everybody involved. And now it's about supporting Tate and allowing him to groove into that position and get comfortable as a starter and make sure they do what they need to do to alleviate all the pressure being upon him. And that starts with, you know, O-line blocking it up, Trey Benson and other backs being effective. Receivers catching it when it comes their, comes their way. If there's a turnover defense, handling that sudden change, getting out there and doing their thing. I, I feel like the football team's in a good place mentally and focused. So I guess that's a buy for the question ultimately. But, like, I do also feel like it's kind of cliche, like we're all rallying around the wagons because one burnt down Saturday. Yeah, I, I think it's a matter of you know what's on the docket, you know how important this game is, and – um Mike prepares this team for these type of games. Like that is uh, a focal point for him. Uh, I'm curious, Zach, to get your thoughts, like from the recruiting standpoint uh, with, with this game, uh, these next two games, honestly, with Tate and I guess what the, I don't want to use the term audition. I don't think that's fair, but these are data points that are coming into play data points that we didn't know we would get uh, going into the off season with, uh, the future of the quarterback room as it applies to 2024. And um, obviously still two, two games to play. Uh, I'll, I'll pull another cliche out to annoy Dane when in your end, like that is still a thing for Florida state at, at this point, like you control your own destiny, another cliche. Uh, but I do think it's fair to take a 
macro look at the the long term outlook of the quarterback room when it applies to next season. Um, so yeah, what what are you looking for? What what do you think these next few weeks hold for the way we evaluate or think of Tate Rotomaker beyond just these two weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is that you're right. It is a it is a data point. Um, Tate's never gone into a week that I can remember. Maybe Jacksonville State in 2020, where he's Not yeah, where he's known he's the starter for the entire week. And um, I think that's going to be important. Like, how does he handle a tough road environment in a rivalry game? These are the types of things you're you're going to be evaluating in your fourth-year quarterback as you head into next season and debate whether you want to take a transfer quarterback, which we've talked at length on here about, and that we, we think, you know, at least as of like a week ago, that they might explore that avenue of taking a transfer quarterback well you know tate shows you over the next two weeks that he's a guy that can you know move this offense efficiently um, and obviously it's going to be different personnel next year so i'm not going to say like that it's going to translate year over year 100 you know perfectly but i do think that the staff is going to be keeping an eye on just how he handles this these are two tough games like florida like you know, their, their record indicates they're not a great team. And you know, I don't think their defense is all that amazing. But that offense isn't bad. Like, they can put up points. And they have some dudes on on offense, uh, especially, and, and on defense as well. So this – and then you, you play in an ACC championship game against a likely top 10 team. So, yeah, to me, it, you know, it's not an audition because the staff knows who Tate is. They've been around him for four years now. And they see him every single day. He's had experience in games before, maybe not as a full-time, like, hey, you're you're the starter for the rest mm -hmm. of the year role, but they know who he is. But I think this is the the next data point. Does he does he handle this? It is pressure, you know, well enough to to feel comfortable with him heading into next year. I think that's I think that's definitely something that the staff has, you know, has to be thinking about. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. We're doing it in the context of Florida. Florida's lost four in a row coming into this game. They've got allowed at least, I think it's 33 or more points in three of those four losses. Or I'm sorry, yeah. No, they've allowed, yeah, 33 or more points in all of those losses. Mizzou had 33. Florida scored 31. I was mixing up the two numbers there. Um, so, like, their defense is just, they're giving it away. And, you know, teams are running it. Teams are throwing it. It's not one or the other solely. They're not good on that side of ball. So, but they are, they're a high pressure outfit on that side of ball. I mean, they're, they're going to bring pressure and uh, you know, I know we don't want to get too knee deep in the game here, but one concern we have with Tater, at least I have, and I think Brendan probably shares it because the numbers kind of bear it out. He performs very, very differently under pressure versus not under pressure. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles that because Florida statistically brings five, six, and seven more than about anybody in the country. They're going to cat blitz you plenty off of the corner, and their nickel is going to be real active working down on you. So, like, he is going to face pressure. I don't expect Florida to basically make it crowded and make him throw in the tight windows. I think it's more going to be about Florida taking away the time for him to make big throws. I think that's going to be their approach. That's what I expect. That plays to whom what Florida has been. But at the same time, Florida has allowed 33, 52, 39, and 43 in their last four games. So, like, Go and seize, go and seize the moment. Like that, to me, the thing is, they got to, they got to get, take comfortable early. They need to run the ball. They need to get settled in as an offense. FSU does, but like, don't be fearful of going after Florida. Florida is made to go after from an offense versus their defense standpoint. Okay, so real quick, and I want to touch on like how we would say like you attack Florida and how you would manage a game with Tate and players need to step up. Like I, I want to think about this in the context of this UF game real quick, shout out to a sponsor, our sponsor, uh, Chattanooga whiskey. Uh, they do an amazing job in the craft distillery game, bourbon, rye, cast strength, bourbon, uh, all sorts of cool experimental stuff. Their bottle and bond is out right now uh, for the fall. And it is exquisite. If you're trying to do some last minute shopping, you're going to run into a liquor store for Thanksgiving. I almost said Halloween. It is not Halloween anymore for Thanksgiving. Uh, Chattanooga whiskey will keep you nice and uh, feeling good during the holidays. So Chattanooga whiskey, did your mom end up getting, getting a bottle, Zach? Yeah, I know that we're going to be drinking some chat whiskey uh, in the Blossing household tomorrow on Thanksgiving. What bottle? Yeah, my, we got the 111. Um, 
can't the uh the 90 what's what's the, the, uh, the bourbon yeah yeah this the silver i i just know it by like the colors the of color the of the bottle yeah, yeah. my, my oh, wife ran into a store down by my in-laws and she's down there right now and i'm gonna meet them down there they had bottled and bond and the cast strength and yeah. i i told her we don't need any we have some in the cupboard let let a man work through what he has before you just add another bottle but they did have it yeah meanwhile brendan has just an entire wall of brendan has not adopted that out there yet brendan's a collector i'm a drinker there's a difference uh, so thank you to Chattanooga Whiskey for your sponsorship and for you guys for patronizing them. Uh, it is a legitimately awesome product. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about Tate. Let's talk about Florida's defense. Let's talk about guys who need to step up for Florida State uh, going into this matchup. Uh, Chris, you you referenced some of Tate's struggles uh, when dealing with pressure. And two things first before I get into these little nerdy numbers here. Context with him is like very, very small. Like the, the numbers can be very misleading only because he doesn't have a ton of like at bats, right? So yeah. one or two bad plays or one or two good plays skew those at a pretty drastic rate. So so that's the first thing. Um, I can't remember what the second thing was going to be. So I'm just going to go into well, what the stats there, are. There's a situational factor. He's always been plugged into games or come in when games are in hand. Mm-hmm. Vastly different when you're starting with 60 minutes left on the clock. So with Tate, and this is from PFF data, with his among quarterbacks with at least 20 dropbacks this season. Tate Rodemacher with a clean pocket. He has a 93.1 PFF passing grade, which is second nationally only to Caleb Williams. Let that sink in. Like, clean pocket. Tate, who we know has an elite arm. Uh, yeah, like, it, it looks really good. Um, when he's pressured, he has a 38 PFF passing grade, which is 191st nationally out of 199 qualified quarterbacks. That was the other qualifier I wanted to put in there. Is it like, oh, quarterbacks are going to, do better when they're passing from a clean pocket than under pressure. So that's why I think it's important to have the national ranking in there too, because it kind of shows where, you know, where they get uh, skewed a little bit. But the most interesting thing to me guys is when he is pressured, his time to throw is four seconds, 4.08 seconds, which is 33rd nationally. Um, which means he's holding onto the ball for two. That long. would be anecdotally Zach. Yes. And I think we've seen that, right? So, so yeah, yeah I think that, the only reason I want to see him holding onto a ball on Saturday is if they're truly setting up a vertical shot. If it's just a matter of giving time to get vertical to get long, I, I think, yeah, they're going to try to get it out of his ball, the ball out of his hand pretty quickly. Force you, for, you force schematically with some of the stuff they're going to. Yeah, I'm, I, trying, I'm saying Florida State. I think Florida State's yeah. going to get coached to try to get out of his hand. Pretty quickly. I think that's the right. But play. I do I think, think they'll set up for true. shots. Well, yeah, because his. So his biggest strengths are his arm strength is one, right? That is yeah. that is there. That is ample. That is NFL, like, good arm strength. Uh, his mobility, number two, uh, that is a thing. Can we get to the point where we just stop saying he's sneaky athletic? We know he's hey, athletic. Ed, so every single coach on Monday, a head coach and all three coordinators, and then Tony Tokars when he spoke today, everyone went out of their way, even when it wasn't asked about, to bring up how athletic he is. So we like, know he's athletic. It's very well established at this point. He was, like, Yeah, he had the top GPS time. Uh, and Tony referenced TikTok, which I absolutely love Tony for doing for the record. Yeah. yeah. But even the TikTok was like two years ago. Like we know. I know. Like maybe nationally. But it, it lives know. on. Are it you talking about the one where he was dancing, Chris? No, I think some of the flips and stuff he was yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, I, saw that. Um, I think he was what out there with Chubba Purdy. Is that how far ago we're talking about? I think like 2020. Now he's yeah. a I mean, he had like an over 20 mile per hour uh GPS split on what like in one of their workouts i guess yeah. over the summer and then i mean he does like flips and stuff i think the biggest thing for him is he's not quick in like a short area he's more like long speed i would guess um, and he's like more that. straight than wiggly yeah, yeah 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 he's 6'4 200 pounds so like he's wiry but he's you know i think he he has some physicality to his game i mean we haven't really seen him use his legs all that much he used them some against north alabama i think he picked up one first down that way um but i'm interested to see kind of how they they utilize that athleticism against uf his athleticism is something that you can utilize and what's the way that you can utilize athleticism as well as arm strength while minimizing you know RPO. You could do that, um, and that would maybe allow, depending on what the RPO is, like the ability to read, uh, moving them out, rolling them around a lot, like I think makes sense, to where you're splitting the field in half, making the reads really – like I think those are things that, if it were me, I'd be focused on with with Tate to try to uh, alleviate some of his over-processing, especially early on in that atmosphere, let him get comfortable. That's going to be super important. 
and and then like you're playing to strengths too. And so I think that that makes sense. And, and like this isn't like yeah, I don't know what the game plan is going to be, but like I do know like that those are his strengths. I know when we've seen him before, like against Louisville last year, the RPO was kind to him. Like that was his friend. Uh, that that like skinny post glance uh, deal yeah. was was really good to him. And, and FSU's gone to that with Jordan many times this year when the offense kind of bogs down a little bit. Like that's kind of a bread and butter deal. So th- the next part of that, guys, is like offensive line's got to be his friend today or today. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they're the I think they're the position group that has to step up the most. They did not have a great showing for some of the North Alabama game. There's mm-hmm. no reason you should be getting pressure early, in that game off early on, especially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just say Jeremiah Byers has to be good. We have to have a good version of him on Saturday. He which wasn't is there. Against UNA, We've seen which, it. Yeah, it's, man, it's peaks and valleys, and it's painful. I like the kid a lot. I, I think he's fully capable of being really good, but the inconsistencies have been brutal. Yeah, and it's – I don't know what it is. Is it a focus thing? Is it just – I, I don't really know, um, but it's so vastly different the way he plays game to game. He had a good streak there, you know, heading out of October and into November. Like, yeah, when he flushed Clemson and moved on from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like that Clemson game was a turnaround for him. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it was just, you know, taking your foot off the gas a little bit with an inferior opponent, but there's no reason you should be getting pushed back into the quarterback multiple times against a North Alabama front. Like that's yeah. just Florida's, so, Florida's beefy up front too. Like I don't yeah. know if they're ultra impressive in the sense of athleticism. They are large. Yeah. They are they're large and, and some of those guys can move. Like I think the Caleb Banks kid is for that they got from Louisville, the, the transfer the interior D lineman is is a pretty good athlete. Um you know doesn't blow you away. But like they for instance like I think the guy you're really referencing is Desmond Watson who's you know over 400 pounds a big human that, that, um, that would be the definition. Be. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's got the ability to plug up running lanes and, and uh, you know, he's obviously someone you have to monitor. Um, Prince is really good. I'm interested. Obviously we can't talk about injuries or, or who, who's, who we think is going to start or play, but I'm interested to see kind of how the personnel looks along the offensive line, because we, we did see multiple formations of that offensive line due to injuries against North Alabama most notably, I think, was the, you know, Maurice Smith getting removed from the game and then Darius Washington taking his place. I'm interested to see kind of how that dynamic rolls out this week and in, into the weekend. I, you know, I, I know a lot of FSU fans were, were thinking that the the line looked better with Darius at center, but we know that Maurice is a much more experienced center. Um, Darius is a bigger guy in general. So just oh, interesting. Snaps are quicker with Maurice versus Darius. Yeah. And he understands, you know, like, he understands communication. Like, they've talked about that before, how well he communicates with his fellow offensive linemen. But, yeah, like I said, I think that's the group that just that needs to step up. You can't be, you know, Tate can't be under pressure a ton. Because, like like Brendan said, um, you know, obviously some of that's because Tate's holding on to the ball for too long. But don't, you know, don't give him a reason to, to make a bad mistake um, in a hostile environment. Just he's got to be protected and 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 they need to do a better job in the in the running run blocking as well it's an old jimboism but the if every drive offensively should end in a kick that should be fsc's goal on Saturday. either an extra point a field goal i think or, he took that like too literally when they punched oh, it. no i know but like my point more so is like can't have the take getting whacked backside and fumbling you can't have the Take got pressured and threw a pick because, you know, he was worried. It's got to be like, even when the drives aren't successful, they need to end with a punt. Put it in Alex's hands and change the field position. I And especially with like, as you play, talk about team football, like UF has a redshirt freshman quarterback who like Max Brown had some really nice moments against Missouri, but um, we'll get ahead of ourselves talking about the other side of the ball. But like, is that – is he going to lead like a 30 point performance against you? And right. if so, five games has 12 passing attempts. If that happens, then that's a larger discussion of, of the defense not carrying you when you needed him to. Um, but yeah, you can't give them short fields. You can't like, listen, like we've been spoiled with covering Jordan Travis is that he doesn't turn the ball over very often. Like that is not something that Jordan did. He protected the ball. They talked about that all season. Like he protects the football at a really high level. Tate with limited data points. Not as much. Some of that's unfair if you're going way back, right? But, like, we're there at practice, Chris. We know who the cleanest person is who's keeping the football safe. Right. And we know who isn't. And 
like that that a game Tate is a legitimate like when he harnesses that a game like it is a thing of beauty it is legitimate like NFL tools uh there is an F game Tate out there too that we've seen before not as much luckily it, recently especially not as much recently is progressed really well I mean, you can go watch and coaches are going to say what coaches are going to say what Tony Tokars Mike Morbell others talking about but even a guy like Fabian Lovett who I thought it was ultra straightforward yesterday with that comment of calling. So much so that the uh, the actual FSU like, YouTube account cut it out of the video. Hey, you got to protect your man. He said, um, or, or just so that our viewers know, he said that Tate used to be called Pick Six Tate because they used to uh, pick the ball off and return it for a touchdown and practice a lot when he first got here. He's gone away from that. Thanks. That, yes. that has changed, he said. <laughs> but like he's still like any quarterback, fully capable. Most quarterbacks don't only throw two picks while throwing for what twenty seven hundred yards before they got hurt, which was Jordan. So on the context of turnovers, you know FSU has fifteen turnovers gained on the year and only five lost, which is a mind blowingly low number. Three fumbles lost, two picks. Florida, on the other hand, only has seven takeaways while having lost eleven turnovers, seven fumbles, four interceptions thrown by UF. So UF's not particularly good at taking it away, um, which plays into the whole their defense just hasn't been very good this year. But you don't want them to have an off day in the sense of having a much better day than normal for them. Yeah, can't can't make it easy for them. You have forced that offense to drive. Uh, Tate has it in him to really have some electric throws. You sprinkle those in, protect the football. You need the run game, I think, to be your friend too. I think that's a big part of this. Zach alluded to it with the offensive line play. I think Trey Benson has a big game. Yeah, I like the way he practices this week. Today, I loved. He was just like joking around with like the backup uh, specialists, like pretending to kick the ball uh, while they were kind of the side waiting for you know, the, the ones to to do field goal stuff. It's good to see him light, relaxed. Uh, I thought he ran really well this week too. He was someone who obviously like wore his emotions very, very out there uh, on his sleeve, uh, and, and had a hard time with with watching what happened to his friend uh, on this past Saturday. So, like, I think the way he's carried himself in practice this week has, has been encouraging and you need him and the entire running back group to run hard, be efficient, find the gaps that are there uh, and, and help take pressure off of, of Tate Rodemaker. So I think that's all there. It's on the table. Like, yeah, I think there's a potential for you to get over 30 points against this defense that exists. Uh, and if you do that, I think you're in a really good spot. Let's take a yeah. quick commercial. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to add Florida is allowing 27.9 per game, which is 85th in the nation. So, but what's it been in the last, the last four games, Chris? Uh, 33 allowed 52 allowed 39 allowed. That was an overtime against Arkansas and 43 allowed to Georgia. And even before that, they had the shootout with South Carolina where they allowed 39. So over the last five, it, been a bloodbath. Vanderbilt, they only allowed 14, and that was back on October 7th. So damn near two months removed from that. So yeah, yeah that, that is on the table for you to go ahead and, and score a healthy amount of points. I think so. If I think if you do that, you're in really good shape uh, because well, we'll get back to it after this commercial break, but uh, UF's offense. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back. Uh, Unless you're watching on YouTube and then you just saw me be silent for like a second. Production quality, get what you mean. Movie magic. Um, UF's offense, I find to be really interesting because their skill talent is the best spend in several years. Like it is really good. Uh, Chris, real quick, let's get into the, the skill talent before we kind of talk about them holistically. Talking about UF skill talent yes. offensively? Yes. Yeah, so two, two-headed two rushing attack with Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson. They both have 710 rushing yards on the dot. Kind of a wild stat, statagami, if you want to say. 737 gained each, 27 loss each, 710 total each. Uh, Etienne averages 5.9 per carry. Johnson averages 5.3 per carry. Etienne has eight touchdowns on the ground, while Johnson has four. Florida as a whole has 20, so eight other touchdowns beyond those two guys on the ground. Uh, receivers, were all very familiar with Ricky Parasol, thanks to the first half of last season's game where he went apeshit. Uh, 11 games this year, 64 receptions, 948, and four touchdowns. And then you got Eugene Wilson, the third, who is a very speedy, athletic dude, a guy that you can do some eye candy stuff with, um, which after last week with North Alabama pulling every trick out of the bag, it wouldn't shock me if Florida maybe goes with some of those ideas. But uh, Eugene Wilson's second on the team and had only played in nine games, 58 receptions, 502, and six receiving touchdowns, which leads the Gators. So those are kind of the big two guys to know from a receiving standpoint. Uh, The backs that we mentioned are the fifth and sixth best receivers on a team as far as yardage. Uh, Johnson's got 30 for 236 in a touchdown, while Etienne has 18 for 173 in a touchdown through the year. We referenced earlier they're on Max Brown, backup quarterback. He's played in five games this year, only has 12 passing attempts, 10 of 12, no picks, 106 yards through the year, no touchdowns. Longest completion is 27 yards. Average per game on the season, only 21 yards. So it just speaks to how little he's played. Uh, that's for Max one other thing to throw now. The, the long Chris is 27 yards, you said? Uh, 27 yards is his longest completion. I think that was Florida's like a, 50, had a 61 yarder. All right. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. So, uh, one thing with Florida, and obviously a lot of the passing stats are obviously Mertz. He had 358 of their 374 attempts on the season entering this game. They're a high completion percentage team, hovering around, I think it's 73% as a team. So, like, it kind of speaks to a controlled passing game in the sense of a lot of underneath stuff and whatnot. Um, it'll be interesting with Brown how they approach it. Are they going to be super controlled and maybe try to run the ball and control things with Brown getting comfortable? Or do they maybe try to open it up and get shots of Pearsall or get something where Wilson's in space and is able to use his speed because he has very high-level speed? Okay. Um I think that's a good summary. I will say just adding on that, ETN does scare the crap out of me. I think he's very good. Uh, if I'm Florida State, and I liked what I saw in a very small sample size uh, for Max Brown, uh, watching some of that, did a little bit of watching it with Dane this morning uh, while we had a little bit of break at practice. And like, yeah, that, that he's fairly mobile, uh, more quick um, than he is like an explosive athlete, but he's got quick feet and He's tough. He'll sit in there and make a throw. He didn't seem flustered at all against Missouri. That's really encouraging for, for UF long-term, not as encouraging for FSU if you have to play in the next couple of years. Uh, but his wide receivers help him out a ton too. And, and I think that's going to be an element of like, you know, what I would do if I'm Florida State is I force that young, inexperienced quarterback to beat you through the air. And those wide receivers keep beating you on 50-50 balls, so be it. But they want to run the football. It's a Billy Napier staple. Their offensive line might be a little dinged up. Um, we'll probably have more on that as the week goes on, hopefully. I don't think their offensive line is all that great, even if they are healthy. Um, right. 
the center has been out for much of the year. Kingsley, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Akuna. Is it Akuna? That sounds right. Um, so they've been starting Jake Slaughter, who, if you remember, was a former Florida State commit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Austin Barber was a, a tackle for them that was out last week. Maybe that's the guy that they're monitoring for this week. Um, and they and the uh, good thing about UF is they actually drop an injury report, I think, during the week. So you'll, you'll kind of get to know like what their injury status is heading into the, the game this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the offensive line is not a strength for them. I, I, there's a lot of talk about how they have two offensive line coaches and the recruiting hasn't been all that great. And I know they're not super satisfied with what they've done with the guys currently on the team. So that'll be something that, you know, I think Florida State's defensive line and front seven in general needs to take advantage of um, because we know how important, like you said, Brendan, UF's running game is to the success of that offense. And they really, you know, they're not an insane running team. Like they're not, you know, putting up crazy yards on everyone. But Trevor Etienne's an insanely talented player. And Montreal Johnson is is not far behind him when it comes to talent. Mm-hmm. So they, they can make play, you know, make things happen on their own, even if you know things aren't perfectly blocked up by that. Yeah, those, those are both Sunday, Sunday running backs, right? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Zach referenced it. They're only they're 77, 77. God, I am struggling today. I need this to do to get through my bloodstream. Um, they're seventy seventh in the country in rushing yards per game, one hundred and fifty point two. And I know that's not the end all be all, but it is surprising when you look at the two very capable backs that they have. That their rushing offense isn't a upper half tier rushing offense in the country. And some of that's probably because they have been involved in somewhat a lot of shootouts and stuff like that. And you tend to lean into the passing game more. I'm sure that has played a role as well. Their EPA per play has been on offense, uh, passing the ball 23rd nationally, and EPA per play uh, rushing the ball has been 29th. So fairly balanced, like when you look at the advanced stuff there, but uh, surprising to see for sure that the the, the passing game's a little bit ahead of the uh, the running attack. Bad, bad rushing games for them. They were dreadful against Utah, if you recall, in the opener. They only rushed for 13 yards in that game. And they also struggled against South Carolina running ball. Those have been their two biggest struggles in the rushing attack. The best game they've had from a yard per carry average was seven yards per carry. That came against Vandy. Uh, take a common opponent, LSU, they ran for 4.31 per carry against. That's an awful LSU defense as well. Yeah, but, yeah I'm, I'm surprised that one's that low. But well, again, super that, well. that was a 52-35 game, um, you know. Dynamics of a game sometimes impact your results too. Elvis, you ran the ball well in the second half, buddy. Never forget the uh True. the, the, the running back set. Yeah. The Ronnie Hill run will forever stick in my mind from that game. But uh but yeah, um, I you know, UF secondary is interesting to me. They are uh, really young, besides you know, the one guy, Jason Marshall, who Florida State's obviously familiar with, they recruited him a little bit out of high school, and he's been kind of their best DB, I would say, this year. Yep. Devin Moore is done for them, right? You got hurt. I don't know if he's – I haven't heard if he's done, but I do know he was out this past game. I, it sounds like he probably won't play. I haven't checked on it this week, though. So, um, But he was the other starting corner aside from Jason Marshall. And then they got some true freshmen playing in the back half of the defense who are pretty impressive. Um, I think one is Bryce Thornton, and the other one is Jordan Castell, who's actually from um, your neck of the woods. West right? Orange High, baby. Yeah, yeah he uh, – Castell actually leads the team with 59 tackles on the season. And yeah, he's been good. Solo. He's been really we liked good. him. Remember, he he did a seven-on-seven seven yep. at FSU. We liked him a lot. He was yeah, big, yeah, big, 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 long yeah. kid, physical enough build, rangy enough. FSU offered him. Yeah, um, I don't think they ever pursued at all. I think that's a, that's a pretty good get for, for UF. But obviously, starting a true freshman in the secondary, there's going to be issues along the way, bumps mm-hmm. in the ride. But – you know, they're investing in, in some of the youth on defense. We'll see kind of how that, you know, pays for them in the future. But for right now, I think that's – you've got to look at that as an advantage for Florida State coming into this game with multiple veteran wideouts who have a clear size advantage on U.S. secondary. And moving, you know, into the front seven with the linebackers, like the, their top linebackers out for the year, Shamar, yeah, Shamar James. He was he second was, on the team. He is actually still second on the team in tackles, despite having only played in eight games. He's missed like what, like four games? Since? Yeah, he's only played in eight. So this will be his fourth game miss coming up. Gotcha. So, yeah, Shamar James was their best 
um, linebacker by far. Derek Wingo is an athletic kid. FSU is a little involved with him out of the high school process, but I think he picked between like UF, Miami, and like one other school at the end. He's out of South Florida. He he's a good pro- player, but I you know I've seen some UF you know fans complain about him being out of place and getting kind of getting lost um, you know in some in run support as well as in coverage. So you know Jaheim Bell, if you're looking for kind of a mismatch right there, that that could be something to watch or any of the other tight ends that that Florida State cycles through um, normally on offense. That's just kind of my evaluation of U.S. defense. I've been watching a few games Good. throughout the year. Yeah. Are you a UF fan too? Like you're a UM fan? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Real quick on who's going to pressure Tate potentially. It's Princely against what are you? Umami Norman. There you go. You nailed it. That's why we keep you around, Zach. Um, Such yeah. Man. He is credited officially in stats. I don't know what PFF says. 13 quarterback hurries. He leads them with 11 tackles for loss and six yeah. and a half sacks. So he's, he's by far their best. Back. Yeah, by far their best pass rusher. And he's a guy that um, throughout the years, like actually gotten into it with like Gator fans on Twitter, which I've, I've found kind of funny. Um, I like him more already. Yeah, but he, but he is, he is, he's a good player. Like he's a guy that can, can cause issues for you off the edge. I, I think along their defensive front, like even in the interior, he's, he's the most impressive prospect. Um, you know, that, like I said before, the interior guys, you know, they they can do some things, but like you, but like you said, Chris, they're more big and physical rather than you know get up the field and and go at you. Um, so that's that's yeah. I mean, if you're looking for guys to worry about along UF's defensive front, I think Princely Umamielin is the the name to watch. I do always like looking at like who did the sacks come against, and it's not the end all be all. We learned that with Jared versus here, he's had good pressure against people. He had two and a half of his six and a half sacks come against Arkansas, uh, against Georgia, LSU. He was shut out. He had one against South Carolina. So just something there. What's up, Brendan? He's upset. I'm just happy that we've made this a quick, speedy podcast. We've delved into recruiting history on players for UF, and I'm sure our audience loves it. As someone who has to go in 10 minutes and still has another <laughs> segment to do, less appreciative of the punctuality of uh, my colleagues. But um, I digress. If I didn't just do that rant, we'd be moving along right now. So once again, it comes back. Here, to let me, me uh, let me slow things down again. For any of you guys that are big FSU fans and maybe aren't, subscribe to Knowles247.com. This is the literal perfect time to do it. We have our best deal of the year going on right now, 75% off an annual subscription. I think someone did the calculation. It's like 50 cents a week, $27 for the entire year of coverage. And it's, like I said, the perfect time because there's so much going on over the course of the next month. The transfer portal opens very soon, right after the ACC championship game. And then we've got the signing day for high school recruits coming up on December 20th. We're going to have a ton of coverage on that. Plus, you know, whatever happens in the postseason for, for your Seminoles. So head over to knows247.com right now. The deal's only lasting for, I think, until Sunday. So make sure to, to capitalize on that if you want to be in on the intel all the time. A little birdie told me we had a really good first day, uh, third in the network, which is great. Uh, I can't say who's first, but it might be to a rival school. So, you know, if you want to give us some bragging rights internally in the 24-7 network, inside the 24-7 sports network, it'd be really cool uh, if we can keep climbing the ladder. So we appreciate the support so far. Um, This is a big competition for Brendan specifically, so. I don't know if it's any more for me than for anyone else. I just like winning and we win a lot in in this. uh, Win with us. Win with us. What do you think about that, Chris? Win and you're in. That's for for That's Or as my typo was in the store yesterday, win or you're in. It's like a threat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're not the least bit tired. Oh, no, it's it's been it's been a emotionally draining week or so. Um, Let's talk real quick about recruiting, Zach. A couple OVs that have been put on the docket that we recently confirmed. So uh, first, who sponsors our recruiting segment? And then uh, please, in a timely fashion, before I have to go, uh, let us know what's happening there. All right. Hey, real quick, guys. uh, Editorializing like I can just go like legitimately if we're running late, I'll go and you guys finish off the podcast. But go ahead. We're good. Uh, the recruiting segment is called 
or is sponsored by, sorry, uh, Football Coach College Dynasty, not tired. Football Coach College Dynasty is the number one college football management game for PC. It's on sale right now, actually, for Black Friday. It's only $10. It's available on Steam. Go not take stream. advantage of that. Not stream, like Chris likes to say, Steam. That's definitely something you're go going to want to take advantage of. An awesome game that I have a lot of fun playing, and I know I've run into some Nolan 24-7 subscribers at some games in Doe Campbell Stadium, and they and they were saying the same thing. So a lot of fun. Take advantage of that. Getting into recruiting talk. I reported today on Nolan24-7.com that FSU locked in an official visit, the final official visit for Coy Parrish. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, that's Dane's favorite recruit of this cycle. Um, they kind of look alike, so it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, he's out of Minnesota. He's a Minnesota commit. Six foot one, 195 pounds. He's a 93 grade in the 24-7 sports top 247 rankings. 84 player, player overall, number eight safety in the country. I will note, although he's listed as a safety in the rankings, FSU views him as a linebacker. The next level, he's on their linebacker board. Randy Shannon's communicating with him, and that's how they got that official visit scheduled for December 15th through the 17th. It's a big deal. He's a really big-time prospect. He's kind of a late bloomer, a guy that Minnesota locked up all the way back in April, rose in the rankings a ton on 24-7 sports. And then this fall, as his senior film has started to spread around the country, some big-time schools have come calling, including Florida State, Ohio State, and USC. I would characterize Ohio State as kind of the biggest threat to flip him as of right now, just from kind of on the outside looking into this recruitment. I haven't really truly delved in to the inner workings of things with Coy Parrish, but I know that Ohio State is working hard to flip him, and they also have an official visit scheduled with him for the December 8th through the 10th weekend, which is the week before the FSU visit. It is a good sign that, you know, if, if everything holds true, Florida State will get him on campus for his final trip before early signing day on the 20th of December, which is that Wednesday following the weekend um, of his visit. So that could be a positive sign. Um, we'll kind of see how the numbers work out because Florida State, you know, they I think they have 22 commits right now in their 2024 class. They've got some other guys that they're looking to add, and there will be a big official visit weekend the week prior to that on the December 8th through the 10th weekend. And, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of if anyone else joins the fold um, and how that impacts things. But I do think FSU might be interested in taking another high school linebacker. They're involved with Coy Parrish as well as the, as well as um, Aaron Childs, who's a Florida commit, um, a top 247 member as well. He's been committed to UF since I think the summer. Um, is actually going to be at the UF FSU game in Gainesville this weekend. And I think Florida State's been active there. Apparently, they've had some pretty good discourse, um, according to some sources surrounding that recruitment in the past few weeks. I think an OV could be scheduled up, scheduled between Childs and FSU moving forward. We'll kind of see if that, that occurs. Um, I think if FSU beats UF in the swamp on Saturday, that could go a long way towards making that happen. But as of right now, he's saying all the right things Aaron Childs is about the Gators. That's one to monitor kind of in the next, you know, the coming weeks as to whether FSU can can pull off a flip there. Another guy I want to note just really quickly, Brendan, because I know I want to take up more of your time. Lugard Edapai out of Bishop McNamara in District Heights, Maryland. Six foot six, 215 pound defensive end that FSU has been active with. He set up an OV to FSU as well for that December 15th through the 17th weekend. I think that's one that could be impacted on, you know, what FSU sees enter the portal at the beginning of December. The portal opens on December 4th. So I think that's, you know, obviously Florida State's going to put a premium on adding guys at the edge position specifically. So if any, you know, notable names come up in the portal before that OB weekend, maybe that impacts things with that recruitment out of the high school ranks. But that's pretty much it for the recruiting segment. What's up, Brendan? Chris, he was going slow on purpose, right? No. 
He wasn't going slow, going real slow, like elaborating and I felt like he was reading a hostage note at one point as he was making sure. And I appreciate it. I get talking too fast at times. I feel like machine gun Jimbo at times. Um, so like, you know, he was making sure he was processing it correctly. But watching it was great you, information watching Brendan react to Zach talk. What a subsequent text message about it. You're just a hater. Pretty great. <laughs> that was good stuff. We're just under the time crunch. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, by Orson Own, sponsored by the Turner, the Turner Group. Florida State beats Florida to finish off the regular season 12 and 0. I will buy that. I think <clears throat> FSU will win. I don't think it will be an easy win. I think the score will be uncomfortably tight, but I think FSU wins. I'll buy that as well. I, I agree completely with Chris. I think. I don't know what the spread is now, but it was it was too big at the beginning of the week. And I think it's I don't think FSU is going to cover if it's you know more than a touchdown or a touchdown, but I think they'll win in a close game. All right. Final prediction. <laughs> now we're just getting it all uh, truncated here. Uh, sponsored by the Battle's End. If you like rosters that can go 11 and 0 and maybe potentially 12 and 0 and, you know, just win a lot of football games. The Battle's End is a place where you can go and support and be part of that collective and be a part of FSU's roster building and retaining and uh, providing support for your favorite FSU players, giving them NIL opportunities. All right, my prediction, without thinking about it very much, uh, I think it's a race to 24 points. I think FSU wins 27 to 21. Does that make sense? FSU 27, Florida 21. Chris. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, anyone. Oh, anyone, oh, I got I... two minutes, go! All right, I'll go. Uh, I've literally given this very little thought outside of I believe it will be a tight one. Um, All right, bye. You guys finish it off. Florida State 29, Florida 27. Okay. Florida State 31, Florida 29. All right, awesome. Great. Good stuff, guys. Uh, This has been Brendan Sinone, Zach Blaustein, Chris Nefer on the bench. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for everyone listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you on Saturday or Sunday or Monday. I don't know. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.